Welcome to The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series from the Washington Post Brand Studio and T. Rowe Price. My name is Kevin McCormley, and I'm the former Chief Content Officer at Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. I'll be your host and moderator. Today's discussion features a roundtable conversation with savvy experts designed to help listeners make more informed financial decisions. In this episode, we will consider the unique financial challenges women face, from fewer years in the workplace and lower earnings to a longer life expectancy. We will examine these and other matters women should consider when planning for their financial future. My guests include Laura Adams, a personal finance expert and host of the podcast Money Girl, and Judith Ward, a certified financial planner at T. Rowe Price. Welcome to the show, Laura and Judith. Thank you for having me. A pleasure to be here. The purpose of today's discussion is to highlight some of the unique financial challenges that women face. So let's cut to the chase. When it comes to financial security, what information is particularly important for women to be aware of? Judy? Well, it's so important for women to understand various aspects of finance as we need to fund our current lifestyle, be able to spend our money in line with our values, and at the same time, save for future financial objectives and a lifestyle in retirement. So whether you're on your own solo or as part of a relationship or household, you need to be intentional with your finances. And you always need to be in the know if part of a relationship in case something happens and you're on your own. Yeah, totally agree with what Judy is saying. I think many women that I talk to tend to get a little bit distracted with their finances. They might have a partner who takes care of a lot of parts of their finances, and they may not be fully aware of of what's going on day to day. So I think tuning in and, and getting a greater understanding of, you know, what insurance coverages do you have? Where are your retirement accounts? What types of savings do you have? And also making sure that you've got accounts in your own name so that you're also building credit on your own and not just relying on a partner or a spouse to finance credit cards or loans in his or her name so that if something ever happens and you need credit on your own, you're not starting from scratch. Well, do women approach managing money differently than men do? I think they do a little bit. You know, I think in many instances, women can be, I don't want to say fearful of taking risk, but maybe just want to understand risk more completely before investing. I think that is a big part in the differences in the results that men and women get with investments. If women are not being quite as confident in taking risk, they're going to keep more cash on the sidelines. And yes, that's great to have cash on the sidelines. But the problem is if women are thinking more conservatively than men and maybe keeping more of their money on the sidelines than men, it's definitely going to hold them back in terms of building wealth as quickly as men. Judy, your thoughts? You know, I agree with what Laura has said, but I also I think that women tend to be very thoughtful and want to be well-informed when making decisions. And so that might actually make it challenging to even just get started saving or investing and especially for retirement. So I would say get started and then learn along the way. It doesn't have to be real complicated. For example, if you have a 401k plan at work, Start contributing 10 to 15% of your paycheck now. 
If you can't start there, start lower and ramp up over time and choose a balanced type of fund or a target date fund that's already diversified for you so that you can at least get started with just very simple steps and then learn along the way because you can always change that later as you become educated about investing in particular. Judy, that's so true. Mm -hmm. If you can take away some of the barriers and set up some automation and, Mm -hmm. and ways to make it really easy, then that really is half the battle. And don't you find, Judy, that many women who do end up getting into investing and becoming savers they tend to do very well because they are rational investors in many cases. They don't want to overtrade or kind of overanalyze things. They can make a confident investment and, and sort of stick with it for the long run. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that we have seen that women actually, we have, there's research that they are better investors when they do learn and get into investing. And some of it has to do with, uh, again, I think another way they approach things differently, they look to investing in order to achieve a goal, a financial objective, versus men who just kind of focus on total return and maybe miss the bigger picture that's important to women. We hear a lot about the pay gap, the fact that women are generally paid less than men for similar work. How does that wage gap impact women's finances over the long term? Well, if women are earning less and, you know, research does show that women are earning about 78 cents, maybe up to 80 cents for every dollar that a man does for doing the exact same job. Now, I will say for millennial workers, that gap tends to be a little less. So, you know, we're making progress, particularly with younger workers. But that pay gap really does handicap you from the very beginning of your career. If you're earning less, that means that you're not able to save or invest as much. And if you look at what that can do to your wealth, let's say over a a 35-year career, that can amount to a huge amount of a gap. And in some cases, that could be as much as a million dollars. That's a million dollars less that they have to spend in retirement than a man might. So it can really compound into some pretty significant numbers. Yeah, I've seen some of that research as well. And at T. Rowe Price, we've done some of our own research that You know, even though the women are just as much or even more educated than their male counterparts, they seem to be earning less, which means that they're saving less. So, you know, another side of this is for women to be comfortable negotiating pay raises when they're taking their first job to do their homework and understand what a good salary might be. I think sometimes for women, it's a little more difficult for us to do those kinds of things than men. But it is good to see that with millennials, that maybe they're making a difference there because, as Laura mentioned, it can compound significantly over time. Well, Judy, thanks for the suggestion about negotiating wages better. Is there anything else women can do to overcome I think that when you're looking at taking a new position, really try to think about not just what you would be satisfied with to get a a new position in terms of wage, but, you know, what you really want, what you would really be excited to get and you think is fair to get. In a lot of instances, you may think, oh, well, I'll just take this job at a relatively average or maybe even below average rate and think, well, I'll I'll do a great job, I'll get promoted, I'll get wage increases. And in many cases, 
that just doesn't happen. You know, it could be because the budget for the company changes, the market may change, even your manager may change. So be satisfied with that salary when you go in, and that's really your very best time to negotiate. You have the most leverage right on the front end when you're making the decision to take a job. And also when you are looking at going in for perhaps an annual review or six-month reviews, really do your homework. Be prepared. Get in there and have a whole list of all of the ways that you have helped the company either grow revenue or cut expenses or both to really state the case for why you deserve a raise and take that opportunity to ask for it. Don't expect or just wait to sort of be patted on the back and and given a raise. Other than starting out behind the eight ball, what are the unique challenges do women face when it comes to building wealth? Here's the thing. If we marry... We have a dual income or even a single income household. We have our two children or not. Retire with a healthy nest egg and die within a few years of each other. Everything's probably going to be fine. And that's great until it's not, right? We need to be prepared for the big disruptors in life, which are divorce, disability, unemployment, and widowhood. These disruptions have a greater financial impact on women because of the things we were just talking about with the wage and the ultimate wealth gap. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in many cases, women are paying more for debt, you know, in addition to all the things we've been talking about, lower income, waiting to save and invest. But if you're paying more for debt, that also makes it more challenging to build wealth. So this can go back to building your own credit, making sure that you do have the opportunity to either shop for products when you're getting a new credit account, shop carefully, and also make sure that your credit is in tip-top shape so that you are getting the lowest rates for debt that you can. Okay, well, studies also show that having children sets back women financially. How should women prepare for this stage in their life? Yeah, certainly. Having a child is such an important time. Women want to be home. They want to take some time off to start the family, but it also can hurt them in their career. So I think preparing as best you can with your employer, making sure that they understand your challenges, even doing some work remotely, if that's possible, or getting yourself into a career that may allow you some flexibility during that phase of your life. So I think just preparing for it, not only saving, make sure that you've got enough in emergency funds for those extra expenses, but also preparing your career and your employer for what you would like that flexibility and that time in your life to look like. Yeah, I would add that having children sets everyone back financially, (laughs) not just the women, but it does impact women because they do tend to take the time off for having the children or raising the children. And if they choose to be now a stay-at-home mom, being out of that workforce, that could be a time during their peak earning year. So I really like some of the suggestions that Laura mentioned. But also, if you are a stay-at-home mom, it's really important to continue, though, not to be complacent about the finances. As Laura mentioned earlier, some women may be complacent in, in this division of labor where they let their husbands now do the investments, especially when they're at home taking care of the kids. So you have to understand what the investments of the household are. And also, I like what Laura suggested about maybe working remotely. Consider part-time or contractual consulting work just to keep your skills sharp in case you do have to re-enter the workforce if you're not still there. Women also have a longer life expectancy than men on average. And how should this affect their financial planning, whether they're married or not? 
I do think it really means women need to either start earlier or invest more than men. So if they can kick up those annual savings rates, if you're saving, let's say, 10% now, can you make it 11%? Can you go 12%? You really are going to have to make up for that longer life in the form of having a bigger nest egg to make sure that you don't outlive your money. So there are a lot of opportunities to do that. Certainly, if you are in the workplace and you've got a retirement plan that you can participate in, that's definitely the go-to account. Also, many people don't realize that spousal IRAs are a terrific way to save money with some tax benefits, even if you're not earning an income. As long as you are married and you're, you're filing taxes jointly, you've got the opportunity to max out a spousal IRA every year. So I'd make sure that women take advantage of all of these different types of tax-advantaged accounts, no matter if you're in the workplace or you are at home. Judy, can you explain how the spousal IRA works? Sure. So the spousal IRA, it, it is an IRA that's your own IRA. Even if you're not earning an income, the income of your spouse can be counted towards that IRA. So you can put in up to, I think it's the combined income, if you have a lower income of your spouse into the IRA up to the maximum allowed. And I'm glad you brought that up, Laura, because that's a great area, too. If women don't have a lot of investing acumen, it's a great place to kind of start that investment acumen. And also, don't overlook company plans, the 401k plan, and make sure, even if you are the stay-at-home mom, that you know now it might be on the spouse to kind of take on most of the savings for the household. So they really need to look at their savings rates and make sure that they're doing the most that they can. Now, research shows that married women are very involved in managing household finances and making decisions on savings, but they're much less likely to be involved in long-term investing. Why do you think that is? Well, I would say, you know, we gravitate to things that we like and things <laughs> that we think we're good at, you know. In a household, there usually is a division of labor for not just finances, but, you know, within the household. I saw a recent survey that suggests that more than half of married women leave investment and financial planning decisions to their husbands. And what floored me was that millennial women were the most likely to leave these decisions to their husbands. You know, I thought that we've made headway there. So it's extremely important that both spouses understand the financial position of the household, what is owned and what is owed, as Laura was talking about before with the debt picture of the household. Share and agree on financial priorities and, and really track progress towards these goals. And then if, if you're working with a financial advisor, make sure that you're engaged. That advisor should be advocating on your behalf, too. So you have to be engaged involved because you don't want to be blindsided if something should happen to the household or the relationship. Lori, if, if one of our listeners has been reluctant to take up the reins on investing, what advice can you offer to her to get started? I'd say that it's okay to start small. I think many people think that they have to have a lot of money. They have to be, you know, like a high earner or wealthy in order to invest. The reality is those people who are not high earners are really the ones that need to be investing the most. So even starting with just 20, 25 bucks a month, $100 a month, whatever you can afford, it's okay to start small. Don't be ashamed of that. And the reality is it is a whole lot easier than you might think. You know, if you're investing in some diversified funds, you really can very easily make selections based on your tolerance for risk and your timeline, your horizon for retirement. 
It can be really simple, and it doesn't need to be a whole lot. If you get started with the habit of investing, then you've got your account set up, and you can make adjustments as you go. As Judy said earlier, just getting started is the key. Yeah, I would also add that women can educate themselves very easily now with these kinds of podcasts. I know Laura has her own podcast. It's very educational. There's great books, financial bloggers. So there's a wealth of information that's very easy to understand and very approachable. And one idea that I heard that I loved was if you're part of a book club, choose a book on finance. And that way you can discuss it as a group and have your own little support group too. So I thought that was a great idea. The other thing I might mention is that if your company has a 401k plan, something that's in vogue now is this idea of financial wellness. And so your own employer might have a lot of resources for finances for you with this financial wellness that looks not just at your retirement plans, but also getting out of debt and how to budget So there might be information at your fingertips that maybe you're not even aware of. Very good. Very good. Now, when it comes to financial security and retirement, what can women of any age do to be sure they're on the right track? One of the things that I like to say is that the amount you're able to save for retirement has the greatest impact on your retirement success. When we talk about keeping it simple, that's one of the most simplest things. It's really all about how much you're able to save. Most of us will rely on Social Security benefits and our own savings to fund retirement. So it's important to start saving as soon as you can. And as Laura has mentioned, you can take small steps to get there. We've seen that if someone in their 20s can save 6% of their pay and ramp that up one percentage point until they get to what we recommend is 15% savings, they're going to have, I think it was like 10 to 12 times their salary at retirement which is exactly where we think someone should be at that age. So you can start smaller, but the sooner you can start, the greater the impact will be on your future. And I know Laura mentioned this before, but automate whatever you can. Make it easy on yourself. Have your savings come right out of your paycheck into your different savings vehicles. And if your salary is not predictable, then maybe automate the reminders, you know, to, okay, now it's once a month, it's time for me to make my savings contributions based on whatever I earned over the past month. So maybe automate the reminders, but also automate anything that you can from a financial standpoint. I think also if you are not working at a traditional company, you don't have a retirement plan at work, don't despair. There are lots of other ways to save. You know, we talked about the IRA and the spousal IRA, but a lot of people are working on the side. Maybe you've got a side business or or doing, you know, a side hustle, and you may be qualified for an account for the self-employed. That could be a SEP IRA or solo 401k. So depending on the types of income that you have, you You may be qualified for multiple retirement accounts. So I'd say do a little bit of homework so that you see what you're qualified for and then try to, you know, contribute to and max out as many of those accounts as possible. I would add also that there are some retirement planning tools and calculators that are great to just run some numbers and see how you're tracking, as well as they might also give you some little nudges as to what you can do to improve your circumstances. Those calculators are often kind of frightening when they show (laughs) the numbers that you need to have. So here's a challenge for both of you. We like to call it keeping you up at night. I'll give you a hypothetical situation that people often don't feel confident about, and you respond with your perspective. Here's the challenge. How can women best position themselves for the what-ifs of their financial life? 
Sure. I would say that for me, it's insurance. If you've got the right types of insurance and enough of the right types of insurance, those are amazing safety nets. So, you know, I'm talking about having enough auto insurance and liability homeowners. If you're a renter, you definitely need renter's insurance. And if you are in a situation where you're a stay-at-home mom, or even if you're a breadwinning mom, you need life insurance if you've got dependents in your family any loved ones who are depending on you for income. So I'd say, really, it's it's insurance that can help you quit stressing. Great. Judy? Yeah, I would say, again, it, it's kind of like, to me, the what-ifs are those disruptors, right? It's divorce, it's disability, unemployment, and then the, the death of a spouse. And so I think the insurance aspect is extremely important. Maybe some other things that you could think about is we talk about the emergency fund, having a little money on the side that gives you flexibility and might help you through maybe a period of unemployment. And then with divorce, it's really knowing and having a full understanding of the family and household finances and the investments. So at least you have a picture of what that looks like so you can be not that we want to be prepared for that necessarily, but it does happen. We've got to start wrapping things up. But before we go, we have one last segment that we like to call, If You Remember One Thing, where we offer our subject matter experts the opportunity to reflect on one of our key takeaways from this episode. Laura, what's your one thing? I would say keeping it simple. That is the, you know, that's the easiest thing. If, if you make something complicated, our brains are just not likely to want to do it or to even learn about it. So keeping investing simple for me is a key takeaway for success. Thank you. Judith? I think with women, you know, chances are at some point in our lives, whether we choose to or not, we will be responsible for our finances. So I think it's just really, really important for women to take an active role in their finances today. Okay, thank you both very much. There's a lot of terrific information here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you having me on. And we thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to join us for our next episode, Financial Tips for the Self-Employed. And if you like The Confident Wallet, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Confident Wallet podcast series is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast episode does not provide fiduciary recommendations concerning investments or investment management. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific benefit plan or retirement investor, nor is it directed to any recipient in connection with a specific investment or investment management decision. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. The views expressed at the time of this presentation may have changed since that time. Please consult the fund's prospectuses for a more complete discussion of the fund's risks. The principal value of target date funds is not guaranteed at any time, including at or after the target date which is the approximate year an investor plans to retire, assumed to be age 65, and likely stop making new investments in the fund. If an investor plans to retire significantly earlier or later than age 65, the funds may not be an appropriate investment even if the investor is retiring on or near the target date. The fund's allocations among a broad range of underlying stock and bond funds will change over time. 
the funds generally emphasize potential capital appreciation during the early phases of retirement asset accumulation, balance the need for appreciation with the need for income as retirement approaches, and focus on supporting an income stream over a long-term post-retirement withdrawal horizon. The funds are not designed for a lump sum redemption at the target date and do not guarantee a particular level of income. The funds maintain a substantial allocation to equities both prior to and after the target date, which can result in greater volatility over shorter time horizons. An IRA should be considered a long-term investment. IRAs generally have expenses and account fees, which may impact the value of the account. Non-qualified withdrawals may be subject to taxes and penalties. Maximum contributions are subject to eligibility requirements. For more detailed information about taxes, consult IRS Publication 590 or a tax advisor regarding personal circumstances. T. Rowe Price, the Bighorn Sheep Design, and the Confident Wallet, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. The trademarks displayed throughout this podcast are the property of their respective owners. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated.